Hey, this is Lori Acker. Welcome to the Small Church Ministry Podcast. Hey, hey, welcome back to the Small Church Ministry Podcast. January, around here at least, is kind of becoming Women's Ministry Month. We started a conference at the end of January, I think four years ago, for women's ministry. And so it just kind of becomes a focus. A lot of people who follow us are involved in women's ministry. And of course, every church has women at it. So we're just going to go with it and make this our focus for the month. If you have not grabbed your free ticket yet for the conference, please go to smallchurchsummits.com and get it. Um, If you're not involved in women's ministry and you know people are, please share about this conference. It has been a game changer for so many churches, so many ministries, and so many women just really around the planet. So come join us. We'd love to have you. But today's episode is called Five Steps to Start a Women's Ministry from Scratch. Now, I know we have super fans that listen to every episode, um, and you may or may not be involved in women's ministry. And I just want to say you can absolutely translate every step that I'm giving today into different ministry areas. The principles of good leadership and of healthy team building and of vision and of leading through change, all these principles um, really, they they integrate with every different ministry area. It's like when you're learning to speak well, you can speak well in any arena. If you're learning to vision well, you can vision well in any arena. And actually, that's part of the amazing training that happens in the Small Church Academy all the time, is we're learning principles that really interrelate in so many different areas, which is perfect for small churches because many of us wear multiple hats. Now, if you already have a women's ministry and you're looking to make it better, I gotta say, these steps are still for you. Sometimes it's really great to revisit the foundation that we had or maybe things that we missed along the way. So I guess my point is, no matter where you're at, what ministry you're in, if you're a newbie, if you've been around ministry life for a long time, if you want to get some great application and learning out of this episode, you're going to get it. Now, because we're celebrating women's ministry this month, that's going to be my context. But again, this is going to go for any ministry area and anything that you lead or are involved in as a volunteer. So as we get started, I just want to start with dispelling the myth that women's ministry looks like weekly Bible studies, monthly events, women's teas, outreach initiatives, and more. Now, it can look like that. It totally can. But I want to say it doesn't need to look like that. That's not the definition of a healthy women's ministry, especially in smaller churches. In smaller churches, we have a luxury of not over-programming. We don't have to play to the crowd or to the masses of people. We get to, please hear that, we get to pay attention to individuals. We get to meet people where they are, and it is a luxury. It gets a little exhausting when I hear people say over and over again, if only we had more women or more kids or more people. We could do cooler things if we had more people. And I just want to say, I really don't believe that. Can I remind you that amazing ministry isn't about the cool things we do. It's not about the best events. It's about the people. When there's a whole lot of people in a big church, in a big business, in a big population, in a big school district, right? When there's a whole lot of people, 
things have to change because you begin having to make decisions based on the larger group, what's best for the group and not the individuals. So just for an illustration, I want you to think of the largest public school system you've ever known. (laughs) Now I'm in Tucson, Arizona, and Tucson Unified District is a huge district. I believe it's one of the largest districts in the entire um, US. And they have a lot of problems because they are such a big district. Many people have talked about just splitting that district up and how it's so much easier to manage smaller districts because they have to make decisions based on the group or on the masses. If you have 35 kids in a school, in a classroom, you need to do the best thing for that group, which is not always the best thing for the individuals. So here's why I bring that up. If you have five children in a room instead of 35, it's a gift. If you've ever taught, you know what I mean. You actually are able to meet individual needs, to build individual relationships, to change people's lives at their very core. Like, do you see this? This isn't just true of children. This is true of adults, of women, of outreach events, in men's groups, in churches. Small is not a bad thing. And it can be an amazing benefit. You can do things when you are small in ministry that larger spaces cannot do. So before I give you the five steps, I just want to make sure we're on that same page. Whatever is in your mind for women's ministry, please just put it away or at least kind of in the back seat. Instead of talking about women's ministry, sometimes that label women's ministry even gets in the way. So a lot of times, instead of talking about women's ministry, I like to talk about ministry to women. What do you want your ministry to women to look like? When you want to start a women's ministry or a ministry to women, when you don't have one, when there is nothing, there's nothing at your church, you're starting from scratch. I'm going to give you the five steps that I personally would take now, knowing what I do after being in ministry for 30 years, after helping thousands of churches around the planet in smaller spaces. These are my five best steps to get you started from scratch. The first one is just redefining your idea of success. What does a successful ministry to women look like? Get your heart set on ministry to these individuals, to these women, the women in your church, the women in your community. Look at them as individuals. We've got to redefine this picture and start with people and their needs. Now, maybe this sounds very basic to you, but it is not the norm. Normally, when people talk about starting a women's ministry, the first thing they're doing is they're putting activities in their heads, they're transporting images from other churches or other things they've seen on Pinterest, and saying, this is what a women's ministry would look like. But instead, I just want to beg you to start with a picture of women that you can see in your mind. You close your eyes right now. Picture women in your church. Picture women at your grocery store who aren't in your church, or if you're in a school setting or a business setting in your community. Just picture the faces of those women and start defining success as a picture of those women becoming friends, getting connected, serving each other, helping one another when they are in need, giving rides to chemo, making meals when someone is ill, showing up at a hospital or a soccer game or a celebration. Individual women growing in Christ, being excited about life, the life that God has given us. 
showing up contagious instead of depressed, contagious in a good way, like contagious with joy, living well, connected with each other, connected in the church. Those women being excited with a smile on their face when they are worshiping in church or listening to scripture or even walking in the door because they see church as home, as a place to come home to, as a welcoming place where they belong. Redefine your idea of success in women's ministry as ministry to women. This is absolutely the starting point. The second step I would tell you is to take your time to go slow. If you are a mover and a shaker, this means slower than you want to go. (laughs) If you've already been procrastinating for two years, I'm going to say get moving, but still take your time. Now, if you are newer to this church where you are, please do not jump in to take over a ministry. This is actually going to be a topic on an entire other podcast, but I just want to touch on it here. When you are new in a church, even if you are the most experienced ministry leader and you know how to do it better than everyone else, please take six months at a minimum or a year is even better before you jump in to lead. Now, this does not mean you're not using your gifts. This does not mean you're not doing ministry. This does not mean you're not pouring into other people. You are. Take that time, if you're newer at your church, to pour into the ministry of welcome or the ministry of hospitality. Develop relationships. You don't have to be on the greeting team to talk to people in your church. Developing relationships leads to building trust, getting to know people. For some reason, we minimize this ministry. And I want to tell you, it is, I believe, the biggest ministry at your church. The biggest ministry is the one that doesn't always have a defined name. It is just being a welcoming place. It is having individuals who love people. Do you have a person at your church who just loves people? Maybe they're not part of the formal ministry of greeting or any other ministry, but they love people. They talk to the kids. They have a smile on their face. They give hugs. I promise they are having a huge impact on the life of the church, the life of your body. Oftentimes they have more of an impact than the busy person who is brushing by everyone because they are so busy and sometimes bitter because they are doing it all, holding all together, leading the programs, teaching the classes. If you haven't been at your church very long, pour into the ministry of welcome, of welcome, of love, of just loving people. If you're newer at your church, you have time to support those who are serving, to get to know them, not judge them. Get to know them and help and see what's needed. When I say help, I don't mean stepping into leadership. I mean being a listener, having empathy, building them up, letting them know they're amazing, that God loves them and delights in them. This is ministry. Now, if you've been at your church a long time, I still will tell you to take your time stepping into a leadership role of starting a women's ministry when there is not one. Okay. And this is going to lead us to number three. This is part of taking your time. Start with what you have, not with what you want. Start with what you have, not with what you want. Okay, now by this, I mean this. Most of us, if we've been around a church for any length of time or seen other people in church ministries, as I mentioned at the beginning, we have a picture in our mind of what a great women's ministry is. We remember the amazing retreat we were on. We have visions of that mother's tea that we loved. 
or that how-to class that somebody ran, whatever it would be, or the best Bible study you've ever been to and how people were so committed, okay? At the place where you are right now, if you are starting a ministry from scratch, start with what you have, not with what you want. Put some of those pictures out of your mind and start looking at what you have. First off, what do you have to offer? Not just in your leadership skills, but what do you enjoy? Do you have any hobbies? Do you like to walk? Do you like to sing? Do you like to paint? Do you like to be outside? Do you like your dog? Start with what you have, what you enjoy. Are there others there? Are there women in your church who quilt or women who walk or women who exercise or women who build things with power tools? Start with what you have. Don't import programs from other churches that you see out there unless it fits your women. I hope this makes sense and I kind of bet you've seen it. Don't start a cooking class because you've heard this is amazing if there's nobody in your church who wants to cook. There's a little bit of like taking a break from our busy minds and tapping into that free space of creativity and and not creativity like coming up with a bunch of ideas, but the creativity that happens when we slow down and we rest and we look around us, we observe, we build relationships. What do you have? When you're starting something from scratch, the last thing you want to do is put out a vision and fail. Okay, that's not fun. I've done it. I've done it. (laughs) It's not what you want to do. You want to start with what you have. And also, I'm going to say this, what would be easy? Now, please hear me. If you followed me at all, I know life is not always easy. I know ministry is not always easy. I talk about difficult things and I believe they're part of what we should embrace too. But in this context, I want to encourage you, if you're starting something from scratch, that you start with what would be easy and what would not fail. We have enough failures in the church. We recruit enough volunteers and let them fail. Don't support them. We try enough programs that fail. So what does not fail? Okay, this is what does not fail in a small church. If you start with something you love, enjoy, or want to learn. Start with something like that. If you want to learn how to cook better, like I'd love to go to a cooking class. They're so crazy expensive. I've looked into them. I would love to go to a cooking class. And I know there's people in my church who cook. Um, A woman named Sue had me over for uh, lunch a couple months ago. She made me this amazing homemade soup. I loved it. I loved it. She like had fancy stuff in her kitchen that I didn't even know what that knife was for and stuff like that. It was pretty fun. And if I would just say, hey, Sue, would you teach me how to cook? Maybe we could find a couple other women who'd want to cook too. Like you could just teach us one recipe. I bet she'd be all jazzed. It would be fun. And you know what? If no one else came besides me, it would be a success. If Sue was there and I was there, it would be a success. So think of what would be easy, something that would be easy and would not fail. You want to, maybe you like to walk, maybe you like to walk outside, maybe you like to hike. Hey, would anybody like to hike with me? That is the beginning of a ministry to women because it is a relationship builder. Do you see it? When we do things together, There is natural conversation. Now, of course, there's ways to have better conversation, initiate better conversations. We do tons of training on this all over the place, but let's just start with what's easy right now. Now, if you're listening to me and you're like, I want to start a Bible study, this is not spiritual enough. Great. Then that is something that you love. It still fits here. Start with something you love that would be easy. 
You want to start, you want to study Carrie Barkus's new book on courageous care. Awesome. Please look it up, by the way, if you haven't um, heard it. Um, she was just on a podcast with us. It's an amazing book to go through with women in your church. This is how it does not fail, is you just say to somebody, I want to study this book. I want to study it. Would you study it with me? Maybe we invite other people. Maybe other people come. Maybe we invite other people and there's only two of us. It is still a success. It is ministry to women and you're learning. If you are serving in women's ministry, children's ministry, or youth ministry, and you're tired of ideas that don't work with smaller numbers and smaller budgets, or pouring time into events that don't seem to be making a difference, or starting and restarting with new people but the same struggles, we have got you covered. Check out our ministry bundles with done-for-you resources that work the first time, a step-by-step plan that fits into your busy schedule, and a strategy that gets others excited to join too. You can find the links to check them out in the show notes. See how that works? So start with what you have and what would be easy. Again, it could be something that you're offering to people that they would love to know and learn. Maybe you paint and you say, hey, let's do a painting club. Maybe you like to walk. Maybe you were an exercise guru and you want to lead a fun little exercise class. Okay. Start with something easy. And preferably like a one-time thing or a short-term thing like six months, because that's how you can not, not, then you don't fail, right? Because people are coming and then you move on from there. Now, step number one was redefining your idea of success. Step number two is take your time. Step number three is start with what you have, not with what you necessarily want long-term. And the fourth step is ask your pastor or whatever leadership structure is in your church that is in place to make sure that ministries like fit the vision of the church and the mission of the church and, and just that there's some accountability and structure to it. Now, you may be saying, why didn't I ask my pastor first? Because you wouldn't have known what to ask your pastor. Okay. It's very different to walk up to your pastor and say, Hey, I have a vision for a women's ministry. I would like to start a women's ministry. I'm going to tell you right now, many pastors, many would kind of put the brakes on or ask a whole lot of questions because what does that mean? Who are you including? What is the vision? But if you ask your pastor, Hey, I would like to do a four week cooking class. I'm just going to open my house. I'm going to have women in or power tools or whatever, or a study, anything that floats your boat works there. It is a very different question to say, Hey, I'd love to just study this book called Courageous Care by Carrie Barkis. It's all about helping other people, even when we're afraid. I think the women might really enjoy doing it. I already asked Brenda. She's totally down for it. Do you mind if we just put it on the church calendar and invite some people? Much more likely your pastor is going to say, oh yeah, it sounds like a great idea. What we're talking about here is starting a ministry organically. And what I love about doing it like this is you get to see where God is working, where other people are excited. When you go a little slower and take your time, there's a lot less missteps, a lot less misunderstandings, a lot less of inviting people to serve and then finding out probably where isn't really a good fit. This is an easy, positive, and I believe God-honoring way to start a ministry. And the fifth step is just do it. Now, depending on your personality type, what you're great at, what your fears are, what holds you back, what your obstacles are, you may get stuck at any point away, any point in this along the way. Maybe your edge of redefining ministry success, maybe that's a tough one for you. Maybe it's harder for you to take your time. Maybe 
it's hard to define one thing to pick, like a, you know, a class on a DIY something or an outreach to the homeless. Maybe that is something that's on your heart. Maybe asking your pastor is tough, but for a lot of people, it's doing it. Some of, some of us have permission to do things and we're still not doing them because we are afraid or because we are unsure, which is also has to do with being afraid or we're scared people aren't going to want to do it with us. This is why I say start with something easy and small and short term, something, just start with something. And I want to tell you that is ministry to women. That absolutely is ministry to women. Now, this podcast episode is how to, how to start a women's ministry from scratch. Obviously, I'm not giving you the whole context on how to build the teams and how to keep going and how to evaluate and how to make this bigger after you've done the one thing, because that's not the point of this episode. This episode is how to start a women's ministry from scratch. You can look forward to a little series coming up. As I mentioned, January is going to be our women's ministry focus time. So we will get into all those things. But I wanted to start with this because so many women in small churches, as we're getting close to this conference, are saying, my biggest challenge in women's ministry is I wish we had one. And I want to tell you, this is where it starts. Now, if you've been around small church ministry for a while and you're, you have planning parties in your head, we will definitely be talking about planning parties in the future. If you are newer to your church or if there's nothing at your church for women's ministry, there is no energy and there never has been. I want you to start with these five steps before you get into the planning party strategy. The planning party strategy is amazing and I love it. It is great to refocus. It is great for a restart. It is even great for a start if there's some momentum. But if there's never been anything and you are truly starting from scratch, I would start with the five steps that I just went over. Redefining your idea of success, shifting from that women's ministry that's in your mind to ministry to women, those individual women. Can you see them? The second thing is taking your time, especially if you are newer into the church or if this is a newer idea for you. Take the time to build relationships, to get to know the history of the church. There is so much in here um, that's part of our women's ministry bundle, which I will also talk about in the future. It's a really great bundle of resources with a foundation workbook, a quick start guide and all of that. But wherever you're at right now, just take your time. The third step is start with what you have and what is easy, what will not fail, something small, something short term. The fourth thing is once you have that idea in your mind, ask your pastor and get permission or your leadership structure. You want to be part of the larger whole of your church. And the fifth thing is do that thing. Go do it. Go do it. Once you have had a book club or a walking um, you know, day or a cooking club or whatever DIY or outreach you're doing, once you have one, even if there's three people, two people, five people, the success of that one thing builds relationships. It builds a little bit of trust. It can build momentum, not just in you, not just trust in you for them, but trust in the possibilities of new things. If you've had a ministry on your heart, why not take a step? Follow through, see what grows organically as you step out and into a role, or maybe God will pivot you. Is it a risk? It's not a big risk. It's a tiny little risk. You're just getting to know people and loving them and saying, hey, I want to do this, or I want to try this, or I love doing this. Come join me. 
No promise of future. Just get started and see what happens. And along the way, please stay connected to the vine. Keep seeking God. Notice him at work. Recognize him speaking to you in an unexpected flower or in the starry light display as you're coming home late from an event or in that person that you are seeing for the first time as you speak into their heart. I think we need to remove the pressure we put on ourselves in our churches to do this thing and be successful in the way that we define success. Like everyone else or all churches or something else that we've been part of and let go of that picture of imagined success and instead do the thing God has put before us. It's really an amazing journey if we choose to really live that. Small churches can be a fun, enjoyable, beautiful playground of friendship and delight and impact and life change and joining with God in this big, big thing that he's about on the planet. I really believe God uses the local church or he wants to. We just need to join him in the unique and beautiful ministry he has for us, being part of something greater than ourselves. It is a high that the world cannot give. It is a beautiful, not just feeling, but a connection with the God of the universe when we're partnering with him. But I think it's also important to remember that God's ways are different than our ways and joining him is a choice. Listening to this podcast, you have been called to influence. When I say be a light at the end of every episode, that really is for you. It's for you. It's for me. We get to choose this daily to be a light or to hide the light or even snuff it out or deny it. Life is not always easy and ministry can be full of tough things. But in the end, we can be a light in the midst of tough situations and it's the best thing ever. So get ready to be a light. Do the things that God has laid on your heart. Start that ministry that's been tugging at you, small, organic. Listen to God. See what he, see what he does. It's a great step to take. And don't forget, the Women's Ministry Conference for Small Churches is just around the corner if you're listening live. Um, Go to smallchurchsummits.com to grab a free ticket. If you're listening any other time of the year, you can always go to smallchurchsummits.com to see what's coming next. Um, If you choose to upgrade your ticket for the conference, I just got to give you a heads up. Um, We did this at the last conference. It was quite a hit. We are going to do it again. If you purchase one of the um, replay upgrades um, with with your ticket, um, we're also giving a free month to the Small Church Networking Academy. And I want to encourage you to grab that. Even if you choose to just stay for the 30 days free, it might be exactly what you need just to get to the next level in your ministry, in your leadership, or even just getting something off the ground. So go check out the upcoming Women's Ministry Conference for Small Churches. Again, go to smallchurchsummits.com. The link is in the show notes. And we will talk to you next week with more encouragement, training, tips, solutions for small churches every single week here at Small Church Ministry. All right, be a light.